yanks at us, it affects our hunger. When we don't look at things with an eternal perspective, it affects our hunger. When we allow sin in our lives, it affects our hunger. Mm -hmm. If you take a newborn baby and you that baby gets sick, is it as hungry as it was when it got born? No. No. What do you need to do? You need to give it medicine. You need to give it medicine. And one thing that a newborn under, a newborn baby understands again is that hunger. And that's a picture for us as Christians to learn from. A newborn baby also knows that, it, and I don't know how they explain it because I can't explain this, but a newborn baby also knows that it can't survive on its own. So what does it do? It cries out for mamas. And listen, as newborn babies or as Christians, we need to understand in our lives that we can do nothing of ourselves. You hear what I said? We can do nothing of ourselves. You can't make it through the day on your own. You can try. Ultimately. Because of what it says in, in John chapter 1 in the first four or five verses. The blood that's coursing through your veins is literally being pumped through as Jesus sustains your life. Think about that. Even life itself. But as a Christian, we are dependent on the Word of God, and we are dependent on the Spirit of God. And we are too, as newborn babes, we are to desire that milk in that uh, realm of hunger. But we're not just supposed to stay there. Look at the rest of the verse. It says that you may do what? Grow in respect to salvation. Listen, there are deeper things in this book, which is the meat of the Word. If you took a newborn baby, and, and that baby grew to be 10 years old, and the only thing that child was eating was milk, what would that baby look like? It would be malnourished, it would be sick, it probably wouldn't even come outside. It, it would probably couldn't even get out of bed. All right? That baby needs to, as it grows, to do what? It eats. And it eats not milk, it eats the thicker things of life, the steak, if you want to say that. But it grows and it eats little bigger bites of bigger things until it grows into a mature um, human being. The picture is this. And I would challenge a lot, and we have a lot of newer believers in our congregation this morning that are recently saved. Listen, you've got to get past the bottle of the word. It's necessary for the beginning because that is the foundation. And, and he's going to go on in the next several verses, which we're not going to get to until next week, where he talks about that spiritual building that's being built. You need those foundational doctrines, the cornerstone being Jesus. There's a lot of you in this room and in the world that, that know that Jesus died for their sins. Right? And they put their faith and trust in that. And that's what's needed for salvation. But salvation is just the beginning of the whole process. Yes, your eternal security is taken care of. And you'll go to heaven. But you need to grow. You need to grow. Because God has, and let me go back to the verses in Ephesians chapter 2. If you go back to verse 10, a verse that we've looked at before, we need to understand 
that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for what? Good works, which God has prepared beforehand for those that love him. If you go later on in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that we've all been given a gift. Actually, it might, yes, Ephesians chapter 4. Where we've been given a grace gift of salvation that only you can use and only you can use in the function of the body of Christ. So that means this. If you're saved, God had something planned before you, for you to do as far as the body is concerned before Genesis 1.1. And he gave you a gift that salvation that only you, through the power of the Holy Spirit with the Word of God, can use within the body. And see, here's the problem. If we don't grow and figure out what that gift is, and we don't do what it is, then learn what it is so that we can grow into that, using that gift, that means this. There's something missing in every church. So I would challenge you. Look, I want just... Look around this, this room for a minute. This is big attendance for us this time of year. Amen. You guys understand that? Those of you that are here all year round, those of you that are new, don't, you know, in the winter we fill up and there's the, most of the seats are taken. But in the summer, when the snowbirds go home, we're sort of left. And sometimes we get down to 40 people, or at least we did. This is the first year that this room has been almost this full every Sunday since the snowbirds left. Now, listen, that's not for our doing. That's God's doing. And here's the, the point. God's doing something in this church. I can't do it all. I can only do what God has gifted me to do. Bill can only do what God has gifted him to do. Sandy can only do what God has gifted her to do. And here's the point. If every one of us has been given a gift, and every one of us has that desire to take the word and the long for it, every one of us got to figure out what that gift is, because it is to be used in the body. That means 100% of First Baptist Church, everybody that calls this their church, needs to be doing something in the body. Not just filling a seat on a Sunday morning. This church is more of a missional church than it is a church. And for those of you that are visiting, you have to be around a little bit to understand. We're involved in what goes on outside these doors. And this church, there's a lot of things that come and go during the week that in a normal church wouldn't. A normal church, that's not even the right word. In other churches may not happen. All right, here's what I want you to understand. You're needed. Not my words. God's words. And in order for this church, whether that you started coming last Sunday or you've been here, Irene, you've been here probably the longest. I think out everybody who's been here. Been that long. Alright? We all have a gift to be used here. And if we're not doing what this verse says, if we're not longing for the milk like a newborn baby all the time. If our desires are, are dirty and muddy and we're sick and we're not longing to read the word and to grow, that last part won't happen. It says we're to grow in respect to salvation. And you've got to remember again what we're all here for. A couple verses back, uh, he had said, and I'm not going to be able to find it in this Bible because it's not my normal Bible, but... It, it talked about the fact that we're supposed to conduct ourselves differently during our time here on earth. That means that this is a temporary thing. 
And one day we're going to be in heaven. But right now, this is about reaching people for Jesus. That's all Genesis 3 to the end of the book is about. Representing God's glory here on this earth and being a steward of the gospel not to, in the way we live and in what we do outside these doors. That is what we exist for. That is why we go out and drive the bus. That is why we drive the Lakeland every week and fill up the truck and the, and the trailer. That is why we go through the trouble of, of, of doing what we do on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Sunday night. And understand, God's got something for you to do. If you hear nothing else that I say today, remember that statement. And you can't do what God has for you to do unless you're growing. It would be like me taking my grandson Jackson, taking him down to Mac's auto shop and saying, put a tool in his hand and Mac have him change a motor. Can he do it? No. He might be able to because Jackson's pretty cool. But the point is, is this. There's a process of getting him to that point. Mac didn't grow up. He wasn't born with a wrench in his hand. Maybe he was. I don't know. I'd ask your mom. But the point is, is this. There was a process. Everyone should be involved in that process that calls any church their home. And that process includes, remember, this. if this is the only thing you're counting on for your spiritual growth, you're about as anemic as they come. This 40 minutes, if this is the only time that this book is opened up in your week, you're a sick Christian. I'm just being honest. There's not one of you that will go out of here this afternoon. Well, maybe there's one of you, but we'll go out of here this afternoon and not go eat something at lunch, will you? If you don't eat, you get sick. But there's many of us in this room that will go home and not open the Bible for the week. If you don't follow us on Facebook, I put it out there for you every day. You don't need to go. Now, I'll miss tomorrow. You watch. But you don't need to go anywhere to find, I mean, I'm not, it's not my words I'm putting on there. But every day, I put a devotional on there. Right now, if you notice, what is the devotional on? What, what book of the Bible? First, how many of you actually read it? All right. It's in First Peter. It's just a coincidence, but it is. I put that on, and, and I've been challenged for years to read through a proverb, chapter of Proverbs every day. Over and over again every month. Same book, chapter, right, Dennis? That's what we talk about in Bible study. Every day, read the chapter of Proverbs that, that is from that numbered day on the calendar. And every day, unless something happens that I get too busy, there's a Proverbs on there also that coincides with the date. So there, there's two things right there. And I'm going to tell you something it takes a total of 10 minutes to read it. Open it up and read it. Eat the word of God like we're supposed to. As the deer pants for the water. We're to pant after the word of God. And here's the problem. Sometimes our desires are affected again because we've got that divided mind. We've got that divided heart. And there's things in the world that are here and it affects our appetite. I'm as guilty as you are sometimes. 
probably most of the time, I don't want to admit too much. But the point is, is that we are to long and grow. Long for the word, we're to eat it, and we're to grow. And also what goes on in this church, just so you know, the rest of the week, not only is the teaching part, the growing part, your personal walk is where you're really going to grow. But the equipping part of the church, that's what this is about. We miss that in America because we make church a thing to do once a week. We come into this place, we have Sunday school, and we're not perfect at the way we do things. We try to do our best. But the class for the adults that goes back here is about equipping you to live in a world where you don't belong. I could ask you who was in Sunday school, but I can see by this crowd there were several that were missing. Are you serious about your faith? You'll be in Sunday school. Unless there's some reason that you can't physically get here, you'll be there. Because that's where part of the equipping comes from. Tonight, when we have Bible study, we are studying specific things because they are things that are going on in our world right now. Why we're talking about, we've talked about what the Bible says about abortion and how we as a church can confront it in the realm that we are, help those that have been through it, and help those who may think about it in the future. Same with orphans and widows, and I forget what we're talking about tonight, but it's in that realm. Equipped with the tools to live in this world. And I want to tell you something. If we would all get serious about this, we'd have to build a new building or go to three or four services. Uh, we, you know, not because that's why we're doing it. Because the people need the gospel. And God has set it up why, I don't know, because he could have done it a whole lot better way than us. And we'll look at those things next week. But God has set it up and chosen to use you and I as his mouthpieces. It's in Hebrews where it says, uh, precious are the feet of those who preach the gospel. We're ambassadors. And I don't, I don't know exactly where all this uh, lands, but let me read you a quote and we'll close. And I don't know where I found it, but I, part of it's mine and part of it's somebody else's. It says, if you're not interested in giving glory, honor, and thanks to the Lord who sits on the throne while on earth, hear this, read it again. If you're not interested in giving glory, honor, and thanks to the Lord who sits on the throne while you're here on earth. What makes you believe that you will be in heaven where that is all that happens day and night if you're unwilling to choose worshiping God now? Did you hear that? What makes you think that you're going to spend eternity in heaven doing what you don't make time for now? Broad is the way to destruction. Narrow is the way to salvation. Remember, when we get saved, we get a new heart. 
Doesn't mean we're perfect, but we get a new heart. And we're supposed to be growing. If we are unwilling to choose worshiping God now, why do we think we will be in heaven where every created being worships him? And then I wrote this, all of us who claim to know Christ as Savior, but never have time for his word, never have time for his work, never have time for his people, never have time for his body, the church, as James would say, as we just finished, the brother of Jesus, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You say, why would you on earth want to end with that thought? I'm not here to pump you full of sunshine. If you want that, you can go down to some church down the street. I'm here to help you where I'm at. To help you to grow, to help you understand why you're here, and to finish and do what God has called us to do here. Three things, real quick. If you've not tasted of the kindness of the Lord, that imperishable seed has not been planted in your heart through obedience to the truth. If there's a problem with your desire, you've not taken off your soiled garments. Maybe that's where you got to start. Maybe if your desire for the Word is sort of weird or not there, you put your garments back on, the soiled garments. Let's just close in prayer and we'll let the Lord lead deal with whatever he needs to deal with. If you need to talk to somebody, come front. If you're here and you don't know the Lord is your Savior, listen, there was nothing. We'll take the whole afternoon if that's what it takes to sit down and talk to you about Jesus. There's nothing more important. For you to do or for us to do than to talk about that. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior and you've not tasted the goodness of God, come front and let us talk to you. If you need us to pray with you or pray for you, that's what we're here for. Father God, we are grateful for who you are and all that you've done. And Lord, I just ask right now as we take this moment of reflection, I don't know where exactly this falls, but I know your word is promises that it won't return void. So Father, I know that your spirit will do with it what he decides to do. And I pray if there's anybody in this room today that doesn't know you as Savior, Father, that you prick their heart and cause them to come from that we can take the word and lead them to that saving faith. Father, if there's some in this room that have that deceiving faith that James talked about, Father, that they, they think they are, but they're not, I ask that you would take away those blinders and show them the reality of who they are and where they're headed. For the rest of us, I just ask that if there's sin in our lives we need to take care of, Lord, that we uh, would do that. For those of us that are walking in obedience and doing uh, the best with your word and your spirit as we, as, as we should be, Father, I pray that you would help us to look and see if there's anybody we can uh, reach down and help to take with us. 
Father, you've got a work to do on this corner. You've got a work to do in every neighborhood that is represented in this place. You've got a work to do in every place that we shop and eat. Father, you need us growing so that we can be bold and equipped and able to share the truth of what you've done for us. God, please just move and we ask these things in Jesus' name.